I'm actually genuinely nervous about doing this intro for you, Paul. Oh, no. Hi, I'm Dan Higginson, and welcome to the 32nd episode of the Idle Hand Society podcast, a creative community. This morning, he had a wonderful, awful idea. I know just what to do, the Bents laughed in his throat, and he made a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat. He chuckled and chuckled, what a great Bensy trick. With his coat and his hat, I look just like St. Nick. All I need is a reindeer, the Bents looked around, but since reindeer are scarce, there were none to be found. Did that stop the old Bents? No, Paul simply said. If I can't find a reindeer, I'll make one instead. So he called his dog Leonard, then he took some red thread, and he tied a big horn on top of his head. It's Paul Benz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Oh. Dan, Dan, what can I say? I feel overwhelmed with love. Wasn't that the best intro ever, <laughs> like, ever, ever? Oh, and my dyslexia was going ballistic in that. I just, <laughs> well done, mate. Well I've been done. reading this aloud all morning just to try and remember it. Unbelievable. Anyway, right. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> We're also joined by British photographer and artist Carl Bailey. Oh, it's been a long time coming, mate. I'm so glad you're with us. I'm really glad to be here as well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really glad that Martin made the introduction as well, because like, naivety, I hadn't actually, you weren't on my radar before, and I can't understand why now I've seen you. Thank you. What's life been like for you this, this last year? I know you've been helping Martin out a lot of his book. Looking at your social media or your website, it looks like you've been really busy yourself as well. Um, yeah, so it's been, you know, despite trying to get back to normality, um, it has been quite uh, a busy year, mainly just in November. I had, like, I had two exhibitions and a commission um, and then I've just been making lots of work and single images and project work. Um, obviously started back at university at the end of, no, start of October. Um, so that's been quite busy as well. But um, it's been a really good year. Um, I Yeah, really good. Is this your full-time gig, photography? Uh, no, not at all. Um, so I do uh, a 30-hour job on the side. Um, do uh, support, I'm a support worker for a guy with like autism and um, LD and stuff, and then I'm at university full time as well. Wow! And what what are you doing at university? Oh, I'm doing a photography degree. Okay, okay. And you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about how long have you been doing photography? What's your what's when did it all start for you, Carl? Uh, good question. So I probably like picked it back up around the start of 2018, end of 2017. Um, but when I was sort of 15, 16, I was really, really into photography, um, sort of like a very different style. So I would like to go out and photograph like wildlife and stuff. Um, and then I kind of went and did the commercial side of photography and weddings, um, events and stuff like that. And it kind of just killed photography for me. Uh, so I dropped it. Um, probably when I was about twenty twenty one. Um, so yeah, anyway, so you got to twenty one, and then you were already done with it, right? So yeah. when did you start doing your commercial stuff and your weddings? And, and I was probably doing commercial stuff between sort of like nineteen twenty to twenty one, so like two years. Young. young, really young. But yeah, it was yeah probably too young to be honest. Um, but yeah, it just killed the love of photography for me to be honest. It's interesting because you're not the first person that's come on and said that once they venture into the commercial, the commission side of work, 
it kind of erodes the the why you take pictures and and it's very it's a very difficult balance to maintain those two um but you're not the first person i think martin said it as well didn't he dan yeah, sorry, I was just drinking a coffee there. It's, it's early in the morning for us, just just in case anyone's wondering. So, but yeah, um, yeah, mine definitely said it, and I think no, no, Chris Lopez didn't say that, did he? There, there were a, there's definitely been a few people though that we've spoken to that have said taking this stuff on and sort of running with it in in their early adult life kind of. I don't know, it like grinds down the passion a little bit. I think it's very difficult to maintain when you, obviously when anybody picks up a camera initially, you're like, wow, this is the world is out there. I can photograph anything and everything. And you do. And then, you know, you realize how am I going to make a living out of this? So you, you just take anything and everything. And then you realize that actually this is a bit soul destroying because you feel, I, I, I don't know, like I've done wedding photography, I've done everything, I think basically. And, I think the, you, you you're just grinding, and and it's it it doesn't feel, um, I don't know the feedback loop doesn't seem to exist, and it, it sometimes it feels really unrewarding and soulless. Mm. Um, and I think for me, the only way I was able to maintain both is by having the personal stuff and always doing that, always doing that. That was like, I think if I I I, I equally. Um, sometimes dislike the commissioned and the commercial work but always at the back of my mind was actually I'm, I'm it's actually just about taking pictures and uh i can always do i can always go back to the street when i've done this I, that was my my kind of my my sanctuary my place to yeah to, to just to unwind to, to to i don't know what the word is but to I wonder if it's uh, something to do with like the entrepreneurial side of it as well because what i've discovered over the last wow god jesus three years now i think my photography business has been running is that you're not really a photographer you're like a marketer your hr your finance your like you, you know you're you're all the other things and you, you you actually spend less time with a camera in your hand than you think you know you spend more time behind a computer or or, or whatever or just running fairs and i wonder what that was like for carl like when you were young did you come from a creative family mate um, I don't, not really. Like my parents kind of just had normal jobs. Um, my dad was really, really obsessed with cameras and just spent his whole time photographing or videoing the, the, everything that we did essentially. Yeah. Um, so there's probably some sort of something there that's been passed on to me. Cause I'm, you know, I had a camera in my hand when I was like, nine years old there's you know so i was given a you know the fisher price kids camera with like dual lenses that you'd look for and hold it like this like a yeah with yeah. two hands um so yeah so i guess that's probably always always been there maybe i'm gonna sort of potentially hit pause for a second here carl depending on what your answer is but you sent us over that cold and distant your your mock-up for for this forthcoming book is that something we're allowed to talk about yeah, yeah, no, I'm happy to talk about that. You yeah. are? All right, sorry, give me two yeah. seconds. I'm banging no, on my good. door. You need to get Dan Wood on there. On yeah, the podcast, you know, I'm really, you know what? <laughs> he's, he's a Bajen boy, right? Yeah. I know I've been in, I've sat in his in his living room and yeah. he's showed me books and I'm, I'm going to try, I am going to try and persuade him. That is, that is the goal. I'm going home at Christmas, so I'm going to go down to his house and, and see if I can 
tap him up. Yeah. I think he, I think he refused me initially because we'd only had about two people on at the time when I asked him first off. So now we've got a bit of a a, a bank of people in. I think I can persuade him. Yeah, I think it'd be good. I think it'd be good. <laughs> I love his work. You'd love his work, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. I've got I've got all his books. They're great. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so weird because he photographs where I live and grew up, you know, and and like it's it's so it's so for me it reminds me of home when I look at through that work it feels like home you know it's a it's a real strange it, we it, as in uh, the Welsh have a word for for longing for a place is called haraith yeah. and it's just like this longing for home and. Um, yeah, man. And when I when I when I pick up his book, it just takes me back. It's a, it's a magical thing, and and it's strange, like because Dan is kind of I think the reason I've kind of moved my work towards the sort of the documentary, um, what I say style, but the way of shooting anyway, and and thinking about it more is because of Dan's work. I think ultimately, and speaking to Dan, and and I was I went down and I saw him. It must have been two or three years ago, and we, we were talking about. Um, projects and how how he starts a project and he and he says to be honest he's, he's just walking and 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 taking pictures and then he puts the idea together afterwards you know it, it it's not it's kind of i don't know how you work but i i think for me um that that's the only way i can really work sometimes it's very hard uh to what's the word i'm looking for um when you have uh, like a concrete, you know, so I, my River Wandle project was the, the the only idea was to follow a, a river that runs from where I live in South London to Croydon, which is about 15 kilometres. And that was it. Um, but like as you as you begin to shoot and w- this different themes come out and little, you know, little you begin to like I when I when it first started shooting the project, it was um, November 2019. And then we went into the first lockdown in 2020 and basically i i've got two kids a nine-year-old and a five-year-old and i was home homeschooling for 10 weeks and it was hard man it nearly broke me but but (laughs) basically we did school in the morning and then they walked the one we basically took the camera and we walked the one little trail with the two kids and it's it's really interesting now when i look back at the images how this idea, like, I don't know, I've, I've always wanted, to, like, I was, I, you might have heard me say this before, but when when I, um, if I was going to show my daughter the book when she was, say, 18, and she said, and she was looking through the pictures, and she said, Dad, like, what does this mean? I Like, I think the theme would want to be kindness. I think that would be the thing that he'd want to, and I know it's a simple sentiment, but I think it's all too forgotten. I think, like, people... Uh, there's a lot of dicks in this world, isn't there? Like, and I just think kindness is is such a simple message. But I was I, when I've been looking back through the work and how how do you get like how do you show kindness in a in a bunch of photographs, right? How do you get that across? But it, I think it comes down to lots of things: to the paper that the book is printed on, so that touchy, you're that really, you know, when it's in your fingers, you feel it, right? It's That's something tactile. Yeah, tactile, yeah. Um, uh, I think it's down to the light in the photos and the time of day you're shooting. I think it's what you're shooting. I mean, there's loads of different things, but like I, I've been going back. So I, I had a little pause from it and I was doing this other thing with Dan that he nagged me to do, um, the not so far project that I'd, I've been doing. Um, and I've just literally started going back to it again now. And yeah, I, it's, it's, I think I need, sometimes I need that gap of time 
but you know, from when you do a project, uh, you do your first maybe kind of what you think is good stuff, bad stuff, and then I think it's important to just start. It was on my wall for ages, and I just left it there, and then. Uh, I, I didn't think about it maybe for six, seven months and I've gone back to it now. And now I think it's easier to see that, I, I, if that makes sense. But the time away from it has helped. Yeah, yeah, I think it really helps. For me, anyway, definitely. Yeah, sorry, Carl, mate. Great. I had to yeah, run no, off, sorry. didn't I? You were, yeah, you are good. I, so you said you were right to talk about um, yeah, no, happy your to new talk project. About it, yeah. yeah. So I've, I've been looking through this and I've looked through it a few times over the last few days. Uh, so your new your new book you've you're working on is is the title definite cold um, and distant definitely not, definitely not definite definitely not definite <laughs> all right so maybe i'll beep out the title um, no you can keep the title it's fine yeah it's just your working yeah, no, title <laughs> yeah honestly Carl, i nearly had a cry to myself seriously when i was looking through this book the, the first time and i read that preamble is this something you've been thinking about working on for a little while like is there a massive archive of stuff to go? I, I'm sorry, I've got about a million questions. Yeah, so um, it kind of started as a project for university. But when I make projects for university, I'm kind of trying to make them relative to my own personal practice so that I don't feel like I'm just making a project for the sake of making a project for university. Mm. Um, uh, so this was kind of like um, almost like a therapy in photos and going through these photos and assembling them was really really hard um but yeah so th there's a lot of photos um there's a lot of videos the mock that i sent you is i've kind of gone back to the photos at the moment to try and pull out some more um and i've rewritten it the um i've rewritten like the original the initial text because i think maybe uh, maybe it's a little bit too strong, but at the time, that's how I felt. So mm. I've kind of like pulled it in a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, um, I really enjoyed making it as hard as, hard as it was. Um, yeah. Maybe it's probably best that I don't try and introduce exactly what this project is. Carl, are you are you happy to like give a, like introduction to to what this is? Yeah, of course. Uh, so essentially, this is my family archive mainly photographed by my dad um my mum and dad split up a few years ago and this was after many many years of issues and problems um and you know um some trauma and stuff like that and this project kind of came to a head at the time when i kind of needed i kind of needed it the most i suppose um and i was going through therapy at the time for it um but basically it's a photo yeah, it's um, me trying to explore the relation the relationship between me and my dad, um, and trying to see. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Trying to see if there was a relationship there, and but also looking at you know the the dis the disconnect, um, which I think was always there. Um, but mm. yeah, so essentially it, it's that, and it's all his. Images of, you know, me and my sister growing up, um, images of him, images of him being um, being younger and just general, you know, family photos um, that have been photographed. That, you know, they're like the C-type prints that you would have got in the, those albums um, from, you know, 
snappy snaps or whatever. Um, and yeah, so then that's just them sort of sequenced into a book at the moment. Can I come in and, and, and say something? I'm just looking yeah. through them and they're amazingly strong images. But uh, weird, weirdly, weirdly, before you came on today, uh, we do a shout out at the end. I don't know if Dan tells you about this. But um, I was looking through uh, Larry Sultan's pictures from home. And, yeah, I've got that. Uh, yeah, and I, I, I was just... I was just thinking to myself, wouldn't, like, do you, do you think you could be as, like, the text, I think, sometimes gives these photos, it's, it's the text that makes this book stronger, right, if, when you look at it. The pictures are great, but it's the text. It's the context, right? As, as, as a viewer of those images, you don't know the story. But it's, 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 like, it's like a diary, almost, and it's in three voices, so it's in his voice, his, his mum's voice, and his dad's voice, and... I, I've never, I've never, I've, I've seen, I've like gone through lots of photo books in my time, but it's just the way he writes. He writes so beautifully, like it, it's magical. And I, I was thinking, like it, just looking through that, instantly thinking, it, sometimes being open and and being really um, making ourselves vulnerable um, it would would in, would enhance the pictures. I don't know what you think about that, um, Carlo. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think just, you know, putting your vulnerability out there and, and just being willing to show them. Um, and, and I've tried to, like, I, I want to rework on it, but I've tried to sequence them in a way that hopefully shows that. And, I, and I've selected them in a way that, again, shows that vulnerability. Um, I have, like, I have MSN conversations that he saved. So he was, like... He's still alive, and I hope he's mm -hmm. not going to listen to this, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> so he was, you know, really um, a sort of eccentric hoarder, and he saved, like, all of our MSN conversations from when, essentially, he went to live with another woman when I was uh, uh, 12 years old. And I would chat to him, this was in 2003, and I would chat to him on MSN Messenger, you know, just conversations, but it wasn't really... I don't know. You, you imagine having a conversation with your child at 12 years old. Yeah. Maybe w what you'd get out of it, I don't know. But um, So I'm kind of contemplating about putting some of them mm. into uh, the book as well. I, I um, and Maybe this is a too personal a question and you can absolutely not answer it, but do you think, do you think it really affected you? Do you think, do you think the, the, the split up, like now looking back at it, as a as a grown man, that ha it had a big impact on your life. Do you think it changed the way you are now? Um, that initial time, because obviously he came he came back, um, probably did. Um, but I kind of feel as if it, it's been sort of a very much ongoing thing for most of my life, and it, and it kind of all came to a head because essentially his parents, who I was really really close to. And at times I would consider them closer, to, I would consider myself closer to them than I was my actual parents. Right. Um, they kind of decided that actually they didn't want to have anything to do with me because I didn't necessarily want to have anything to do with him right now. So they kind of shut me off completely. And that was really, really hard. Um, I bet. Especially because, you know, it, you know, I'm kind of, innocent in this situation and he's done all these things and they're still siding with him but it doesn't really matter but yeah so 
it, it was um it was tricky has it been cathartic like going back through this stuff has it helped or has it just opened the wounds more uh no it, it, it helped a lot um it helped me to process emotions and and you know i spent countless of hours every night and kind of going through these photos um and crying and and just trying to understand everything um and i'm still doing that now i'm still doing that work now so i'm i'm but i'm using the my camera now um so i'm still going back to places and kind of searching for photographs that i want to take surrounded by memory and surrounded by sort of my my past and that's still an ongoing process I, I think it's I think it's beautiful, Carl. I I just yeah. think it's um, yeah. I think I think sometimes the, the what's the word I was going to say? The hardest work is sometimes the, getting it to this one, point. Yeah. yeah, but it's 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 beautiful, and I think it has meaning, and you can feel like even though we've only just met, I can like I can feel the photographs, and I think that's that, that's. Uh, it's a special thing, yeah. I think um, I don't know. It's very difficult, like I think, to to like I say, open yourself up and make yourself vulnerable. I, I think, but I, when you do, it, like magical things happen. I, I think I, there's a particular photograph I like of your. I think is it your gran feeding the bottle to you? Is that? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> my great, my great nan. That is. It's great. I love the the the, <laughs> the the clash of the tops, like the curtain and her top and you. It's great. Um, oh, thank you. Do you know the other thing that really struck me that I don't think I've ever really considered doing, and I hear people say it every so often, and like it just never sinks in. But there's there's photographs in there that look almost like um, I'm assuming these were all taken by your dad, right? So. But they they look almost There's like they're group. selling the property, like they're just empty rooms. Yeah, so so some of them are obviously taken by probably my mum because he's in them. Um, but the ones of the empty rooms and the properties, um, that was that was a hundred percent him. So that was my great nan's house. Um, he had like a really good relationship with her, and after he died, after she died, he went round and took these photographs. Um, I suppose in the same way that we all all of us photograph, right? We photograph to remember, to capture yeah. mem- memories, and and he's gone and done the same thing. And I don't think that I don't even know if that's sort of like an intentional process for him. But I think you know the fact that he's gone and done that is quite interesting, and and that's why I I put them in the book. And there's obviously rooms in our house where he's done that as well. And I have like a room from my bedroom. I have a photo from my bedroom. Sorry, that was you know like. 1999 um and it's just you know it's something really cool about being able to look at that and like yeah. going you know oh yeah look at that poster i remember that piece yeah, of yeah. object on the desk stuff it's really really cool so it made me that, wish that i had yeah. pictures of me too sort of, me too exactly the same thing i wish i'd taken pictures of my bedroom i, I, I might go and do it after one. this do you know what i mean like it's it's one of those funny things and it, I, I think it's the same as cars like every so often you stumble on upon a picture like you go through the family album and someone will have taken a picture of the new car that was bought and you think that must have been so boring at the time like i can't imagine wanting to go and photograph my car and if i did i'd try and make it look all artsy and i'll probably get close to the bloody headlights or something stupid like that and there's just something really nice about just seeing the thing as it is like just seeing a room 
uh, the, I felt like I, I recognized some of those items in those rooms. You know, I remember seeing that stuff in my house or in my grandparents' house. And, I think because they, yeah. they, they, they capture a moment in time, right? M- much like me, an empty room or a room with, you know, not an empty room, but a bedroom from 1990, which you lived in. Like, just to have the, the, the it's just, yeah, I just think it, it, like what you had on the wall, it just shows how you live, right? It just shows. But it's so like uninteresting the, at the time because you're surrounded yeah. by the stuff. Yeah, well, that's it. That's the thing, though, right? Is it, it, that's that's the clever bit, I suppose, is because it is, it is so normal, maybe, or you know, so uninspiring that most people will never take that picture. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's <laughs> such a like, simple idea as well. Yeah, that's what <laughs> makes it brilliant, right? But I, I don't like if I don't know. I mean, Carl, if you were to send me a picture right now of like the room that you're presently in, I would just look at it and go, okay, it's, it's a room. But I think it's the passage of time that makes it interesting. It's weird, isn't it? Like we always think we're making work for right now and it always has to be important right now. And I don't don't think it's not. There's another photographer. He basically did children's bedrooms all over the world. Basically. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but that's, that's really amazing as well because it's just, it yeah, just shows how, like, like so it was Chinese children and there was Brazilian children and there was children in Africa, but it was always a bedroom, you know, and it, it's just, it was just amazing set of images. I'll try and remember the name um, for the link at the end. You sent over a few things, Carl. You're like a serial project guy, right? Uh, too many projects. I feel like there's too much going on in my head, so <laughs> I kind of all over the place with ideas. Um yeah, it's that's a that's a tricky one, isn't it? And I feel like I, I just love the process of taking images that I end up with a huge amount of images. And okay, the single image is great, but I feel like I want to make projects, and so it's you know using them and, com- and combining, bringing them together to make something worthwhile. Are you um are you still using the same sort of film cameras and stuff? Because it looked like to me that that's maybe what some of that was yeah uh probably all the stuff i sent was probably shot on film um only this year i kind of started shooting a little bit of digital because the cost of film is very very expensive now, isn't it it's getting so silly yeah um i kind of like to take a camera out every day as well so i'm kind of leaning more to do that with a digital camera um but yeah so the reason yeah, i asked most of it shot on film so, I, I mean, I, I'm not normally one of these people that's <clears throat> remotely interested in the tools. It's all about the outcome for me. But the reason I ask is that when you're looking back through the family photos and, you know, for the benefit of everyone that's listening to this, because I can see what's going on behind you, I see just like a shelf of cameras, right? Uh, Are any of those your dad's <laughs> old cameras? Oh, no, I don't even, I have no idea what cameras or anything he photographed with not not a clue they're probably probably point and shoot i don't remember him having a slr or anything like that carl can i ask you about china i'm really what was china like china was just something that i've never ever experienced before uh, <laughs> a complete culture shock um it's like going to an alien world so the city that we stayed in the city that we lived in uh, had a population of 11 million people, something like that. Um, but wow. it's a secondary city. So unlike Beijing or Shanghai, there's not many um, 
there's not many foreigners, aka me, mm. in that city. So you know, you'd you'd walk down the street and people would stop and stare or take photos of you or come up to you and ask for a selfie. Um, <laughs> because That's they don't see good. they don't see white people, um, and, and and so it's very very you know, especially a white person with tattoos and a beard and that's even more crazy to them that's kind of you know but it is it is amazing um it's sort of like the best time best six months i've i've ever had in my life so what what were you doing in there in china can i what was the what was the plan uh so we were illegally teaching english okay uh it's very common illegally teaching english um they basically just have such a need for it because it's more so to like the middle class and upper class um, people, uh, having a native English speaking person is, you know, very, um, I don't know what the, I don't know what the word is, but you know, it's very, um, auspicious. Yeah, yeah. 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 So basically like there's so many people and there's not enough people out there teaching legally to essentially have that. So they bring in lots of illegal people and we kind of come in on a on a essentially on a fake business visa that says you know we we that says you know we're coming to the school to do this and we're coming to the school to volunteer our time and stuff like that uh, and then we end up teaching so we did that for six months um, we had friends out there who were nearly you know two years so it wasn't uncommon to stay for longer but essentially we got um, we essentially got arrested. No. Um, yeah. So there was a few times before where we'd heard, you know, that the, they were going to raid the school, um, and we so sort you of like were in ran a school? out the back. Yeah, yeah. We worked in a well, technically not a school. I guess it's more like an English learning centre that would open in the evenings and the weekends for people who wanted their kids to learn extra English. Do you speak that, any other languages? No, you don't have to speak any Chinese because uh, they have. Um, their English have, is good have a, No, yeah, so you have a Chinese um, <clears throat> teaching assistant that speaks English and Chinese, and they will do any translations for you, but a lot of the teaching is kind of like mimicry and associations with words and and stuff like that, so you don't necessarily need to be able to speak any Chinese. How, how old were the of, people you were teaching? Uh, between three and eight. Wow, but they weren't together. They weren't together. So, like, the, you'd have like They're three and four, like three year and four year olds, and four and six, six and eight. Yeah, my brother-in-law teaches English in South Korea. He's out there now. He's been out there for seven years, I think. Believe it or not. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to do he, that. He loves it. Yeah, he really loves it out there. Seven years. I imagine he's legally doing that, though, right, Paul? <laughs> yeah, he is. He, he, <laughs> he, just, he, he, he just had his. Um, Visa extended for another year and his working permit, yes. Yeah. He, That's he, incredible, he, he just loves the life, yeah. He just... He didn't get it... He didn't... He, he kind of didn't fit into um, Western society. He was... He's very much not built for it. Um, but he's he loves it out there. He's happy as a girlfriend. Um, Going to be his wife, I think. That's really uh, cool. I can't imagine what that's like. It, it just feels so alien to me. I, I guess I'm maybe just like too rooted in the West. But... Too, too, too oh. rooted in, in Benidorm, but that's where you are. <laughs> Benidorm. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's very, very different. Um, like life, even though it's, you know, people work, probably work more as, as 
a white person, I was kind of privileged in that position. So I probably didn't have to work, you know, um, the amount that, that, that Chinese people work, but, um, it's so much slower and there's so much more appreciation for simple things. And, you know, we were made like, we were made to feel like family and friends, like almost immediately. And I don't know whether that was like an intentional thing, because obviously we were the people who essentially make the company money. Um, but we were made to feel, yeah, we were made to feel really welcome. And, and I kind of like look, you know, at, at England, we look at jobs in England and it's just like, that just wouldn't happen here. You know, people mm. are very like recluse and very shut off, but in China, you know, everyone's your friend and they'll go out and do, you know, they'll go out of their way to help you. Um, and there's just such, uh, just so much slower. Um, we've got it, it back to really fund in this. We've got it back to fund in this world, and we, we like in this side of the world, we really have. We, we've we've missed something. Like we've capitalism has come in and just kind of eroded. Our... Yeah, don't appreciate the small things. Hundred <laughs> percent, and and only appreciate the big things for fleeting moments, <laughs> and buy lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yes. try and fill the holes that we have in ourselves. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, weird, exactly. isn't it? It's so weird. Did it? Do you think it changed you, Carl? Like those six months being in China. Yeah, uh, there's so many, I couldn't tell you exactly what, but there were so many life lessons that I could take away from that six months. Um, and even just, you know, for a confident, in a terms of confidence, you know, it's, it's, you know, it changed it completely. Because I think, obviously, to, to you know, to drop your life and say, right, I'm going to move to the other side of the world um, is... A really really hard decision anyway so then the, the fact that you said yes and you go and do it is just um it's extremely liberating in some ways yeah it must take a lot to just sort of pack up bags and actually do it because i can imagine it being the kind of thing that i would talk about and never actually follow through with yeah i feel like that's you know talking about it, it you know it's, that's the easier part isn't it but um yeah uh it it took it took a lot of thinking but actually in reality we only had like two weeks to make a decision so it didn't take a lot of thinking technically, but um, honestly, if anyone ever thinks about doing it, um, best thing I've ever done. And the reason why I'm doing a photography degree now is simply to be able to go back. Yeah. Talk to, talk to me a little bit. About, I, I, whenever anybody comes on and, and says they're doing a photography degree, my, my ears always kind of prick up because I've always kind of been semi, do I want to do it? Do I want, how, how has it been for you? What's, what, what kind of degree are you doing and, and what's the course about and stuff? Tell us a little bit about that. So our course is just a photography degree. Um, it's kind of half of it is kind of fine art based, um, and the other half is using CGI and mm. uh, visual culture. So that that's a bit of you know all essay writing and you know learning about consumerism, capitalism, postmodernism. Um, all sorts of stuff like that. So what's the view then? So once you've got your degree, you're going to start teaching and then get your, your visa to go back to Asia or? Yeah. So me, once I got my degree, I think me and my fiance, cause she's doing a degree at the moment. She's doing open university, criminology, psychology. Um, oh, that sounds exciting. We, yeah. <laughs> <Rather than laughs> I'm going to ask me, you I some think. questions about how that's influencing <laughs> things as well. Uh, it's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so once, once we get the degrees, 
Um, we just have to. Also, the other thing is, we need, I need to see how things are for me here in England. So obviously, I've been lucky enough to be given, you know, quite a lot of opportunities in 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 my city. You're in Portsmouth now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We live in yeah, I live in Portsmouth. Um, but I kind of need to see if these opportunities keep going and you know coming to better things and stuff like that. Then maybe it's not too productive to then move to another country. It's one of those things, though, right? You can make that decision at any point. I, I could go back and forth on this. I feel like we've got a finite amount of time on this planet, and, you know, you've kind of got to make the most of it. But at the same time, if things are happening now, then you, you've always got tomorrow, right? You can always... If, if there's something else you want to do and you're enjoying what you're doing now, it doesn't make sense to stop. Yeah, no, exactly. So so that's the... You know, that's where... Um, yeah, we just have to see, basically. The, but if... If we go, then maybe we'll look at somewhere like Japan um, or South Korea or Taiwan, maybe. That'd be cool. Paul can hook you up with his brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Carl, I'm going to ask you a rather deep, deepish, deepish question. I always kind yeah, of sure. try and... Uh, I suppose it comes down to why why we make photographs and why you make photographs. And I think maybe you've touched on it a bit with you. But what drives you to go out with your camera? What's the reason you pick it up and, and, and take a picture? Uh, I thought you were going to ask this question. Um, it feels... Uh, okay, this is really, really corny, but I kind of got it in my head and I can't... Um, That's all right. I can't... To be fair, okay. every I'm, answer that you can even give to this, it has, it has someone, to be corny, right? To, yeah, otherwise, it has to be it, Otherwise, okay, otherwise so it's not from, heartfelt. Have you watched Kodachrome, that film on Netflix? Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't watched it. Okay, I'm going to watch really, it. Really, oh, hey, it's hey, really, hey, really hey. good. It's kind of like loosely based on obviously Steve McCurry's last role of Kodachrome that he shot. Um, it's a really, really good film. Um, Wait, is this, has, it's, this... So, hang on, sorry, Carl. Is this the documentary about that last role? No, it's not the documentary. It's right, uh, okay. So okay, it's kind of right, loose, I haven't loosely, seen this then. Loosely based, okay. Um so there's a quote in it, and it's really corny, but I kind of feel like it sums up everything. We're all so frightened by time, the way it moves on, and the way things disappear. That's why we're photographers. We're pres- preservationists by nature. We take pictures to stop time, to commit moments to eternity. Human nature made tangible. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I I can see why that would resonate. Do you feel like when you're in the moment, because you're mainly documentary, right, Carl? Do you do you uh, feel I, like I have no idea? <laughs> that's that's someone else to determine, isn't it? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I mean, when I look through your work, it feels it feels like it is definitely on that side. It feels like it's preserving something. And do, do you again, feel again? I think I I, I I'm going to bring you up on something there. I think you've got to be really careful with that statement. And I think. Because like the, the more I think about it, this idea of, again, this coming down to labels and what we call ourselves and what we are, but we're just people who take pictures with a camera, right? Right. And you create this mm-hmm. body of work over time and, and then you're, you're cutting it and you're editing it and you're, you're manipulating it into something that means something to you. And I, I, I almost feel like by placing these labels upon ourselves, they, they confine us and they only restrict us to this type of work. And actually we should be doing the opposite of that. Like you can shoot everything and anything and, yeah. and then, yeah. then think about it afterwards rather than saying, you know, you're a fucking documentary photographer. You're a, you're a lifestyle photographer, whatever, whatever it is, just shoot, 
No, no, I hate that word shoot, but just take pictures. Yeah, I know what you're saying. You need to go and, and make and the work, right? Yeah, it's it's just, it's, it's, I feel like sometimes we, like there's a, a sort of a mill that runs through the internet and it tells us how to behave and, and what we should be shooting and what other people are shooting, so we should be shooting it. But I think you've got to take all that information in and then throw it away and then just take pictures of what you love and what interests you and, and, and not even take pictures, go through things like... Carla's done from family photographs. Go like there's so much thing, m- many things you can do with with an image, and and I, I feel like almost this year, like I feel more than ever that 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 maybe I've always felt this, but you can be multiple different types of photographer. Right? You, you 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 can be a documentary photographer and a wedding photographer and a portrait photographer. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could list you and keep listing right. and. The key has always been what parts of those work are you showing to a the outside world? I, yeah, the I rep- think that's it. I think it is it's what you show, right? I've been thinking about this a lot recently, trying to work out why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I think it, it, it's probably like, you know, when people hunt, except we're not killing things. You're just sort of, you're like hunting something down. And for me, it's the the thrill of the hunt more than what happens with it afterwards it just so happens that the things that i'm hunting down with that passage of time you know like that work that carl showed us this morning that's what i've been hunting right but i'm not necessarily thinking about it i've been going through my family photos for the last couple of days now because i'm trying to pull some stuff together for my grandparents hopefully they're not listening because they were kind of ruining their christmas present but (laughs) like there's there's something about it you kind of look back through it and you're like oh my god i can't believe that i have all this stuff there is something you like. You don't really realize you're collecting things when you do it. You're doing it because it's because it takes your it fancy become, at the time, right? But it becomes you don't think about though, right? the obsessive, compulsive, yeah, compulsive. Like yeah, like yeah. we we you know I, I, the things I take photographs of that are so stupid. Like, and why did I take that picture? <laughs> Just a waste of time. But that, <laughs> but but it maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, that's the thing in my mind. Maybe not. Later, Maybe it's like, because, like, I don't know, Carl, probably in the same boat as me, but like, I, I look at some of the stuff you do, Paul, like like you said that you've got a picture of of your kids asleep. Like, pretty much every night you take a picture of them sleeping. Mm-hmm. Like, that, to me, sounds really beautiful. And I don't know if that's because I'm the same type of damage that you are, <laughs> and that's, like, a really <laughs> crazy thing to really enjoy. But to me, I hear that, and I'm like that is the coolest thing I've ever fucking heard in my life. Like, I can't believe that you've got 365 what? photos every year of your kids sleeping yeah, yeah. and getting older. Like, that's amazing to me. So because that's, I put that up, is cool. But it, it is, but when, when I begin to look at it now, like, because obviously Rosa's nine now and I've been doing it since she was a baby. And it is like, this, this it does look amazing. But I think it's going to look better in, when, when she's 18. Right. And I'm going to give it... Right, yeah, keep going. And, you, yeah. and you still shoot it when she's eighteen. <laughs> well, probably won't be. Hopefully. Yeah, there's going to have to be a stop. But when she's going right. to be living with me till she's thirty, but the kids don't move away these days. No, I know, especially in London, man, it's impossible to get out of your parents' gaff, isn't it? But can when do you think you're going to stop, Paul? Like at some point, you're going to have to stop creeping into Rose's room when she's sleeping and and, and taking a photo of her. Well, they, they, I think I because basically they both like to go to sleep with the light on. So when I go to bed, I always go up and take a picture and knock the light off. For that and that's it. And it's it's not like it. it and I maybe take a couple, you know, mm. and and sometimes they 
wriggle around, move a, wriggle a bit. But it's, it is, it's just, it's such a simple thing. And once you've done one, then you go, oh, that's quite, I quite like that. And then you do it another night and then you do it another night. And you go, oh my yeah. God, actually. So maybe the closure of that project is when they can finally turn the light off themselves. Yeah. Yes, mate, that's good. That's nice, Carl. Yeah, that's really cool, isn't it? Yeah, it's really beautiful, yeah, isn't it? it? Mm. Yeah, so I'm, cool. I'm taking, I'm taking that, mate. I'm, I'm stealing that. Yeah, yeah, you have that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no one else has got any use for it because, like, you, the, the commitment, the commitment is incredible. But it's not, though, is it? Is it? Is, is, uh, in some ways, I don't think it is. Right? It's, it's maybe it is normal, but <laughs> but there's something about. It's just it's part well, I mean, of my normal, daily, though, right? my daily shitload, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's 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 yeah. Um, is it normal? Yeah. Though? Like, is what we're doing normal? Because I get a little bit of stick every so often from Tanya. She's been like, "You take the camera everywhere we go. The only place you don't take the camera is if we're going to like Tesco." <clears throat> she was like, "Does it have to come everywhere with us?" And mm, and it's still I don't think it- to this. To this day, it's like a topic of conversation. I've been doing this for years. I don't think it does, does it, Dan? No. Like, the is more, it weird? The more, Are we weird? The, the older I'm getting, it doesn't come everywhere with me now. Right. I think I, I pick and choose. Like, if I'm going out to see some mates for a beer, I won't take my camera these days. Or Oh, I would. It depends how many beers I'm planning to have. I think there's this pressure to always have it with you, and I don't know. I think we don't No, it's need, not I, pressure. Like, to me, it's not yeah, a pressure. It's like a... But, I, I talked about this before, but I find sometimes that a camera is is a wonderful thing. It, 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 it's it's a shield; it protects you, it, but it also allows you into places that you wouldn't normally go. Um, and so it's it's dual edged, right? And and if, it, if sometimes when it's around my neck and I maybe I'm not intentionally going out to take pictures, it it, it becomes a bit of a it gets a bit annoying. I go, oh my God, this camera's on my desk. Why did I bring it? Yeah, um, I, I, I sort of hear what you're saying, but at the same time, that's not the way I feel about it. Sometimes I do, right? So if I'm on a paid gig and I've been paid to go to some event or like, you know, like a birthday or a wedding or a, whatever it is, sometimes I'm like, I can't believe this thing has given me access to this place and I'm being paid to be here, right? Sometimes I have to sort of pinch myself and think this is like cool. the coolest thing ever. But a lot of the other time when I'm just walking around and I'm in my personal life, I that's not the way I feel about it. I, the way I feel about it is that kind of thrill of the hunt, right? I'm seeing these things and I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shoot that. And it's not I, even no, no, to no, go no, like, no. so stop, I get stop, to keep stop. this. I want to take you back. I don't right. like, I'm, I'm going to bring you up on terminology now, hunting and shooting, right? I was reading a really interesting article about where the photography originally came from and they used, they basically took the terms from like guns basically. Cause I, they, I they, know what you're saying and it's really clumsy language, Paul. So I hope yes, everyone I'm can bring excuse... you up on it every time. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I, I hope everyone years. can excuse me on like the, the weird sort of semi-aggressive language because that's not what it is, but it's. <laughs> you're excused. <laughs> Thank you, and I'm only bringing you up on it because it bothers me. <laughs> I, I, I know I, 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 it bothers me a little bit as well, right? Because it does sound overly aggressive, and it's not an act of aggression. But th- there's other ways that I've heard people describe it that still don't quite look right to me, right? So people say sometimes that they're collecting things, and it, it never even strikes me that these things are things that I now have, right? So I don't feel like I'm collecting anything. After the fact, when I go back for it, I can see I've got a collection of stuff, but that's not why I'm doing it. And I don't know what the language is, right? That's why I keep coming back to the stupid, clumsy terms like hunting. But things, aren't right? we just searching for? 
I don't know, like, this might sound again a bit wanky, but searching for the answers to our lives. Like, what does it mean? Like, why I don't feel like I'm up? doing anything particularly ask, deep, though, right? Yeah, but you maybe, maybe, I, I, I think, again, this woman, what's her name? Um, Sasha Wolf, who wrote that yeah. photo, 40 Photographers book. And I've said this before, but I'll say it one more time just for reference. She said that the pictures that you take mm. from the first time you picked up a camera until today, the, the way you take pictures and, and the why you take pictures has always been in those photographs, the meaning of the, the why you picked up the camera and shot. And, and you've got fingerprints for all of your work. If you look back through every photograph you've ever taken, even from the early days, if you'd yeah. be able to see this fingerprint, this gentle touch of the type of photographer, the type of person you are. I agree and, with that. And that might, that might vary. That might, you know, go up and down through different periods. But if you were going to pick... 10 photos from your collection that show who Dan Higginson is as a photographer, you'd be able to, from the first one mm. to now, have have some Strange. project in there that has consistency and says, okay, I know who Dan is by just looking at his work. While I agree with that, I don't think it touches on the motivation about why you're doing it in the first place, right? Uh, that, for me, sounds like that's the outcome, that's the this is the thing that strings everything together. It doesn't necessarily tell you why we do it. I know it is in there, I believe you, but it's I not something why, you can articulate. No, but I think the why is, I think the why is a, is a multitude of reasons. I, I sometimes photograph when I'm in a shit mood. I just, I mean, if I've yeah. had an argument with a wife... But I'll sometimes you do it when camera. you're in a good mood. Sometimes, like, yeah, exactly. there's, there's no... And but you, I don't think, is, is, it really, is it really, like, if you were going to show, this is a good question, but if... if if you were going to show people, right, if you if you made a, a list of photographs, I was in a bad mood this day, I had an argument with my wife in your diary, and then yeah. you went out and took pictures, yeah. and then you would, the following day, say, you're in a really good mood, you were ecstatic, and then you went out and took pictures, and then you would put those two folders and said to people, you know, was I in a good mood or a bad mood? Like, do you think you could tell? No. No, you couldn't I don't think you. your they... eyes really show your emotion. You, you, it's so physical, like, you just look where you look. And I don't know, I've got a coffee cup in front of me. This coffee cup looks the same regardless of how I feel, right? Mm, and I feel I like make, you impart your it? mood on the things you look at. Like, what do you reckon, Carl? Like, weigh in on it. Like, because you're the one that's doing this as a as a degree. Like, maybe you've done some thinking that we're missing. Um, I don't know. I don't know why we take pictures. Um, for me, it kind of just feels like a, uh, like a second, uh, what's the word? I don't know what the word is. It just feels like something that I need to do. Um, like a, and, a reflex kind of. Yeah. And, and when I stopped taking pictures, so like between 21 and 20, what, 21 and 27, when I stopped taking pictures, I kind of just searched for like the hole that was missing. And I don't know if that's mm. because like the need to be creative and then that manifests itself yeah, through yeah. the need to take pictures. Like maybe it could have been anything. Right? Taking pictures. Yeah, maybe it could have been anything. But I feel like maybe for some people the need to be creative and then having the camera as the tool to do that. I don't think for me it's the photography. Like I'm about to start trying lino cutting. I'm going to do some other stuff as well. Like I'm going to start exploring other mediums. Like we talk to people all the time. We talk to like cinematographers. We talk to like yeah. musicians. We talk to like you, you name it. We've kind of spoken to them now, and I think it is. I think I think some people are just creative. This just happens to be the tool of the trade. I don't think it's important what that is. Um, yeah, I think Carl kind of nailed it with what he said. I, we, you know, when when you said I don't know why we do it, I, I think that is the answer. It's 
completely impossible to know why anybody does anything. We are a funny little animal. We do some weird shit, don't Watch we? Ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, I, just, I, I, I don't think we could ever know. Go on, why are we here, Dan? Why, why are we here? Well, I don't yeah, know. It's I, just chaos, isn't it? Like, it's just what, chaos what, and like, chance. What is the reason? Like, I, mean, when I, I went to see AC Grayling about five years ago and he says, we never ask ourselves the big questions anymore. Like, why, why are we here? What, what oh, is our I, reason for existing? I ask myself that all the time. Do you? What is, yeah. what's, your, what, what's the answer? What's your reason for existing? I don't, I don't know. It's the same as Carl's <laughs> answer. I, I don't know. It, it's all just chance and chaos. You look at evolution. It's just like stuff works out because it kind of fits at the time. But that's it. Like, you look at pandas. Oh, this is a really weird sideways thing. Sorry. Pan- Carl's pandas, talking about China and, like, I'm just pandas, thinking of pandas. Okay, I'm but, interested. Like, in- they're a useless animal, right? They're, they're so shit. They can't even panda properly. <laughs> like, they have to have human intervention to, to like, mate. And they'll only do that once every sort of 16,000 years. They don't want to be anywhere near each other. They're completely defenseless. Their, their only it, defense in life is being cute. <laughs> isn't that something to do with evolution? That's what I'm saying. Like, but the only reason they are still here, I'm pretty adamant, is because we're doing something about it. We're, we're still because no, we have because we haven't absolutely slaughtered every last one of them and yeah. used them for a jacket. But, but that's because they are cute. If they weren't cute, they would have been. Fu- <laughs> if they look like a praying mantis, <laughs> they would not be here still. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's just like, you just look at everything and it's just chaos and chance, right? That's where I'm going with this, is that I don't, I don't know any of the answers. I don't think... It's fun to think about, but I don't, I don't think there are any answers. We're never going to get an answer. As crap as well, that sounds, we're never going to get one. I was reading in New Scientist this week that the JWST new telescope that's going to be flown up on December, the, at the end of this month, is going to give us the answers to the beginning, the go back, literally right to the beginning of time yeah. and see the Big Bang, um, which is going to be mind-blowing if you think about it. Um, so maybe we will find the answers. I, I don't think we will. I don't I think, think we I think will. it'll be really unsatisfying. Is any I, of it real, though? This is the question I always ask myself. Yeah, like, yeah, it, it, sometimes real. it feels like we're in a game show. Like, that, like there's this somebody upstairs with a little controller moving you around right now. <laughs> it, it does feel like that, especially when, you know, when we spend all, so much money concentrating on, you know, going to other planets and, and researching other planets, and but our whole planet is falling apart and people are dying of starvation. And, and But it's okay, as long as we're rich and we can go to Mars Ma- and it doesn't matter about all those people starving on the, you know, third world. Answer in, in whatever order you want, right? Do you believe in free will? Free will. Do we believe in free will? Maybe. A little bit. Tiny bit. Maybe not. What do you reckon, Carl? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a heavy question, right? It is a really heavy question. and This this is the sort of shit I think about. I'm really sorry. But like... Dan, Dan is a... Go on, Dan. Tell us about free will. You don't believe in free will, do you, Dan? Because you don't think... You think everything is predetermined and that, like, even now... Like putting on your red sock over your green sock is 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 some somebody upstairs is pulling you to put on your green I'd, sock. I'd, no, I wouldn't go as far as somebody upstairs. Like I don't know. I don't know what I think anymore, to be honest with you. But I I don't I don't believe in free will for the exact same reason that Paul said a minute ago. Like, do you feel like this? Like you're being controlled a little bit. I, I've spent 
enough time meditating. I definitely don't have as good a practice as I like to have, but I spent enough time meditating to sort of know that even as I'm talking to you now, like I'm not, I'm not choosing the words that are coming out of their mouth. It's just happening. I'm, and I'm almost you are observing choosing it. the words that are coming I'm out not, your though. mouth. Though. I'm not. We all, we all just, we just react to things so <laughs> fast that you, I, I don't know where it comes from. And if you watch it close enough, there almost is no seed, right? There's no, like, if, if you was to scratch your knee right now, Paul, like, you're not thinking about how that works. It just but happens. I've got an itch, so I'm going to scratch it. Yeah, but I, I think where sometimes did the itch come I, from? And how, how are you scratching it? I my body, there's a flea on my dog, and it just hit me. <laughs> you leave Leonard but alone. I think, again, like, I think, I, I think you can think about this two ways. I can think, you can think that everything, but I think that's almost, in some ways, that's, that's almost saying, fuck you, life, because like, there's no point in doing anything. Oh, I don't if, know. If there's, no, if there's no free will, then every, what's the point? What is the point of anything? Why? I don't know. What is the point? I, and I, this, this comes back to my, I suppose, I think my point is you've got to try and uh, maybe take a few virtues, like the things that are important to you. So maybe kindness is one for me. Mm. Um, happy, taking, taking, just enjoying, enjoying what, the moment that we're in right now, like yeah, this moment, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and I think that's all you can do really is live in the present. I don't feel bad about that though, right? I don't feel bad about the fact that I don't believe in free will. I can still enjoy the present. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't change anything. And, and, and yeah, I think you just enjoy, enjoy life. That's, there's, there's no, I, I, I think, and it's hard, it's, sometimes it's really hard to enjoy life. It can be a grind and it, you can think, mm. what the fuck is, like, I think life can sometimes feel like Groundhog Day, right? It feels like it repeats and repeats and repeats and repeats. And you're like, what is the point of this? Like, why are we fucking existing? Like, is, okay, I've had children, you know, I'm going to bring them up. Um, and I'm going to get old and die. That's it, really. You know, there's going to be bits in the middle where... Every animal on this planet, every living being on this planet, that's all we do, right? Even trees, that's all they do. And maybe making photos is a bit narcissistic. Like, you know, we're trying to say, this is what I saw of the world. You know, this is my version of it. And that's why we, <laughs> we're, t- we're taking these yeah, pictures. But not, yeah, but again, I'm not thinking of like this collection of stuff. <laughs> when, when you're doing it, I'm not immediately thinking, oh, I can't wait to, to yeah, own yeah. this moment. Well, when, I'm, I'm genuinely I not. You, whenever I come and see you, say, Bensie, look what I've got. I've got this new, lovely camera. Look what I've got. I've got a new flash. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Right, speaking of joy, Carl, come on. One tiny thing that brings you joy. You must have been expecting this question. Uh, Yeah, I was expecting the question and I haven't thought about it whatsoever. Um, One tiny thing that brings joy, that morning routine, that that cup of coffee, that just time in the quiet. Mm, Or watching Frasier, because I love watching Frasier every morning. Nice, nice. No one's ever gone with a TV programme, actually. I'm surprised. (laughs) Frasier's a strong pick as well. But no one's ever gone with a TV programme. There you go. It's cool. Have you got any... Let's go on Dan's list. Number three, Dan. Oh, uh, you've caught me off guard. It's Christmas, isn't it? It's Christmas. How weird is this? Right? Number three, my morning ritual of making a good coffee. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Serendipity. Look at that. See, there is somebody up there with a little controller. Told you, he's no just, free will, he's mate. Just ty- <laughs> he's just typing it in now. This will fuck with them. <laughs> Watch their stupid coffee, little faces. Cup of coffee, cup of coffee. That's mad. What are the odds? There's a, there's a I, suppose, I suppose one in 24, because that was on my list. But like me choosing <laughs> it and putting it on there. Yeah, weird. 
weird, weird, weird. Should we do some shout-outs? It feels like it's yes. probably getting to about that point. It cool. is, it is. It's got to be. Carl, do you need some time, mate? I know you didn't no, want no, to I, I picked. You, I picked. You're, you're there. Okay. Tell oh, us about your uh, shout-out, Carl. This website. Uh, my shout-out is actually one of my university lecturers. He's a um, really, really good lecturer, really good teacher. Um, he can, you know, interact and have fun with the students, and it makes the world of, you know, learning just completely different and so much more interesting and his and he's a really really good photographer um and his name's uh james arthur allen and yeah you can just instagram that full name or he has a website which is james arthur allen.co.uk nice yeah i'm on it right now oh i was until my mouse died apologies <laughs> no, that's that's amateur hour for you paul rescue me <laughs> jump jump in i'm coming i'm coming in uh, I'm going to drop in uh, my favourite, uh, I had this Larry Sultan book, Pictures from Home, and apparently it was released originally in 1992, um, and it's pictures from, uh, of, it's basically it's pictures of his parents in the 80s, and uh, it's, it's, it's a wonderful photo book. I don't think there's any other photographer who writes as well as Larry Sultan. It, it, it's, he basically, it's more... So basically, it's, it's from three different voices: Larry's voice, Irvin's voice, and Jean's voice, which is his parents. And it never actually tells you which is, which of the voices is speaking. It doesn't say Larry talking. You, you just get it as you work through the book. And it's that's just a masterpiece, man. It's a wonderful thing. I just love his writing. Maybe even more than some of his images. His images will stay with you. Like there's a particular one of his mum against a lime green wall and his dad with his back to us but uh, it's just yeah I, I think you're right i think sometimes when it's when it's more documentary work i know you don't want to put labels on stuff but when it is work that's more um documentary than just plain aesthetic i, I think the context of the words really really helps and i think that's why carl's project has been resonating with me the last few days while i've been looking at it because the the opening statement at the beginning that's you know, probably going to change, hit me in such a way where I just immediately understood what it was that I was looking at. And I don't, I, th I think had I just looked at the photos, if he just sent me a folder full of photos, I don't think I would have felt the same way about it because I wouldn't have understood the Context history. Which, yeah, right. They live, right. Yeah. It's really important though, isn't it? It's, it's something I think that, so. it, and it's, it's difficult though, I think as well. A lot of photographers find writing about their work difficult. It's, it's a, uh, I wonder if it's easier though if you're like doing a documentary book or a documentary whatever it is because it's almost like you're you're telling the story so you're just filling in the gaps. How do you, how do you find writing about what you work on? Do you find it easy an easy process or do you find it difficult? Uh, yeah, it's getting easier so that's something that obviously we have to do a lot at, at university but um it's getting easier um and and it, and it is quite enjoyable um writing about your work and I, and it does help to understand it at a different level as well. So it's not just a series of images that you've made because, oh, yeah, they look really nice. But being able to apply that theory and, and, and understand it more deeply is really, really, really good. For me personally, I think it's really important. I've been thinking about doing a degree as well. I, I like the idea of one day yeah. having having the ability to teach. And I, I think I can see myself teaching one day. I don't know necessarily that I've got uh, anything to offer kids now, like in terms of any knowledge, but... I don't have a degree. Like I kind of flunked out of school with the worst grades imaginable. I got zero A to C's in my GCSEs. 
I did go back and do a little bit further education and sort of filled in some of those gaps, but I was just a bit of a tearaway. So I never really got it together to go and do a degree or anything. So, but it's a prerequisite, right? If you quite rightly, you know, you need to be qualified to, to teach the kids. So yeah, I have, I've been thinking a little bit about doing a photography degree, not because I've got any great ideas about what I'll learn on the course, but you know, you need the paper. Yeah. My issue with that obviously is that actually, okay, you have a degree in and it qualifies you to teach, but it doesn't mean that you're a good teacher. And this no. is what university seems to go along with. You know, they'll, they'll hire someone based on their credentials as an artist and okay, yeah, they, they know their shit, but actually some of them don't have a fucking clue how to teach. Some of them don't have any like person to person, you know, like, but that's why you do the other people. bit though, isn't it? What's it called? The PGCE? Is it still yeah. called the but aren't you like, I, I think if we all go back to our childhoods and remember the, oh, the great teachers, teachers, right? And the, you, the, I, the, the good ones always stick in my mind. The like, like my Mr. Mr. Evans, my IT teacher, he was just so enthusiastic and passionate and funny and he loved the subject. And you can tell, you can tell when people are doing it just for a job to the people that actually yeah. love what they're doing, right? It's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, I think so. I think Tanya is probably that teacher to, to a lot of kids because you know it, sometimes well, they're, they're really annoying when they can't really <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 she's, she's the one who wants to bring back the cane and stuff you know i can't imagine her being unenthusiastic about anything tanya oh a cup of coffee oh it's lovely she sounds like an she old welsh say, lady she does she doesn't sound anything like that does she? <laughs> people know what she sounds like i mean if you go back to what was it episode seven six eight something like that sure yeah we we had her on the podcast Oh, thinking of podcasts, right. This is my shout out. The first issue of the Framelines magazine. This is oh, nice, Shane nice. Taylor and Josh Edgoost's Love Child. And it's really fucking good. And it's also featuring a few uh, few previous Idol Hand Society guests. So we got Brunel Johnson and Nico Frolick in there as well. There's Nico, a load of Nick. ridiculously good photographers in there. So definitely go and uh, hit up the Framelines website and order It'll yourself a It'll become a collector's. Copy. Piece. They maybe only sold seven thousand three hundred ninety-six of new boys. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to ask they the goose. They did a lot. <laughs> they did, didn't they? They sold a they lot. Were, he posted a story about it, and there was a lot that they sold. So they've done really well out of it. It looks great. Yeah, it does. It's really it is, nice, like, and it looks really nice. It's got that tactile thing that Paul likes going on. There's like, yeah, it's just kind of. But I think nice. I, I, I do. That is like I think, I think, the, the paper. Like when you're making a book, really think about the paper photographers, really think about how, when you turn the page, how it, how it feels under your fingertips. That, that's do, my tip for life. Do you know who life. did that really well? Go it's on. Ed, Ed Thompson. That, um, that book, The Unseen, is still one of my favourite photo books that I own. It's just like, it's so well thought out. It's amazing. And We're it feels get- right. Sorry, Dan. Before you, uh, when you went out to open the door earlier, we were going to we were talking about Dan Wood, and we're going to Dan mm. uh, Uncle Paul is going to see him at Christmas, so I'm going to I'm going to pester him to come on. Yeah, come on, Dan. Sort it out. I'll send him a message as well. Yeah, like we've been talking about photo book junkies for fucking ever. Like we keep talking yeah. about your work. Uh, yeah, come on, come on, come on, come on, Dan. Come on, come on. Dan. We'll, we'll do a live <laughs> one. We'll go to Wales. We'll we'll do it. We'll do it in real life. We'll we'll go for it. Whatever you need. With an audience. Down the pub? Yeah, with an audience. 
Do you know what? <laughs> right, this is the one last thing I'm going to do before we wrap up the show, right? So this episode will be coming out the week before Christmas, and there's due to be another one just before New Year's Eve. Now, I don't know what the date will be, so watch the social medias, but my plan, and this was a suggestion from our mutual friend, Martin Sawyer, um, is to do a uh, like an end-of-year Idle Hand Society big group Zoom thing. So I'm going to invite everyone, the listeners, all the past guests, keep an eye on the social media. I'll try and find a nice time that will suit as many people as possible. Go on our website, join our mailing list. There'll be a little pop-up box. Just go and pop your email address in there and I will sort out a time and a date and we'll try and get everyone in together and just sort of see out the year. Because it's been really amazing, right? We've been doing this for basically a whole year now, just under. And I feel like I've grown as a person. I feel like... You are. You're half an inch taller, but... (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) A couple of inches wider around waist, mate. I don't know anything else. (laughs) But, yeah, I I think that'd be really cool. Um, Nice. I like it, Dan. Right, come on. Let's let's land this thing. Carl, the best place for people to to follow along with you is uh, at Carl Bailey on Instagram? Uh, Yeah, at Carl Bailey on Instagram, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, everybody, go go give him a follow. Go say hi to Carl, because... The work you're putting out there, mate, is is truly incredible. Um, you can follow us at Idle Hand Society. The same again on Instagram. Right, so everyone, have a great Christmas. Hopefully we'll literally get to speak to you at some point before the end of the year. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Au revoir. Au revoir. Merry Christmas.